living wisely, knowing the days are short. That will be the focus of our time today as we close out our series, Awaiting His Return. Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard is next. Living wisely or living foolishly? Sadly, there are those who choose the foolish route, thinking that's where the most fun is because heaven obviously isn't going to be that fun. Today, we have a final look at our series, Awaiting His Return. The message is called, How to Live Wisely Before the Coming of Christ. This is Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules joins us now as we take a look at a wise life that is a prudent life, one that anticipates the soon return of Christ. Sin is an expensive proposition, especially when you break covenants as dear as the marital covenant. Because adultery is being a liar above all. You broke the covenant you made with the wife of your youth. It's covenant keeping. Can you keep a covenant or are you a liar? And you will betray those vows anytime you feel like it. The fool breaks them over and over and over. Live wisely, he says. Don't be captured. Plan on fleeing. Plan on, you're not strong enough. I must pray. I must be in the Word. And I must not be in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong person. Don't trust yourself. Trust God. Um, How will you do in your speech? Some of you haven't learned to talk yet. Uh, It's amazing. Uh, When I was going to the Y, I loved to do my laps in the pool. And then they they have a, a, a sauna there where mainly the old men went in and tried to burn off fat. And uh, I heard two glasses of water put it all back on. Kind of disappointing. But it is amazing uh, what old men talk like. I thought I was in a junior high locker room. I mean, cussing, trashing women, cussing politicians. And, and gray-headed guys, a gut as big as a mountain. And just, mm. I thought, boy, you're still stupid, aren't you? You don't, know how to, you don't know how to talk. You didn't say anything good all the time we were here. Don't know how to talk. And Proverbs says, wise men and fools are known by their speech. Let me give you some examples. The fool loves to talk only to air his own opinions. 18.2. There's so many verses, I don't have time to look at them with you. Uh, A fool, when he talks, will usually start a fight. He loves strife. You say, fool showed up. Why? We're all bickering. Uh, 18.7 says, it's the undoing of a fool's soul to talk. As soon as he opens it, you know, there's a pun in Proverbs that a fool is thought wise if he'll just shut up. That's his biggest compliment. Just shut up and, and deceive us for a while. Don't open your mouth. My, my dad used to tell us it's better to be quiet and thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. So we all have to learn. What's a wise man's speech like? A soft answer. 
I think of some marriages. Probably their marriage would get 50% better if they would just cut the tone down. How are you in your marriage and communication? Is it just the words or is it the tone? You know, Carolyn's a sweet woman, and sometimes she'll give me a message. And I say, wow, what's wrong with you? I didn't say anything wrong. No, there was enough iron in that statement to kill me. She said, this is what I said. And I said, but this is what you meant. She said, you're right. Tone makes a big difference. And uh, some of us, it's harder than others. Um. Pleasant words, 16.4. Pleasant words are 24. 16, uh, part of the uh, mannerism of uh, a wise man. Uh, honest, let me give you a little summary. In Proverbs, they're honest, they're few, they're for a neighbor's good, they're calm. Look at 15.23. Um See, some of you would be worthless to me if I was going through a trial. One thing, you've taken a vow of silence. You'd be good Job's comforter. Just stare at Job. They did it for, what, two weeks? Please don't come around. I don't need stares when I'm going through it. Let's get 1523. A man finds joy... In giving an off-the-cuff remark. There's some people in the church, we try to keep those going through grief or heartbreak. We say, don't talk to them. They're liable to stab you trying to get you well. You don't know what they're going to say. And someone will say, they'll do this or that. Man, I talked to so-and-so and they really hurt me. I said, well, they just don't know how to talk yet. They meant good. They just ran over your foot. But they didn't mean it. Go see a good foot doctor. How good is a timely word? Have you ever had someone give you an apt word just on time when you were either d- discouraged, confused? Uh, you, you just needed a good word. And, and look at 2511. Just see these words. 2511. A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Uh, look at 22.11. He who loves a pure heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king for his friend. Gracious speech. And Colossians says we ought to have speech seasoned with grace. Well, it's a lifelong challenge. James says if you can master your tongue, uh, you've arrived. And so it's a lifelong process. But... Uh, I would this year try not to be a fool with my mouth. Uh, And let me say this. There's one side, you're not talking all the time, but it seems to be that the wise man has an apt answer. It's just on time. It's the right counsel. And so we do need words. Words go deep into us. They, uh, uh, They can just change, change our feeling of worth, Our outlook, a good word, can do so much to a heart. We want to learn to sow them, invest them. Uh, That's why I love to be around people whose mouths have been turned into a weapon for good. That they can exert or, or give me a word of insight. 
We all need it. Um, I would say uh, living wisely this year will deal with the matter of money. Will you be a fool with money this year or a wise man? If you honor the Lord with your money, you'll never lose it. And there are so many gracious uh, givers in this church. We thank God for you. See, I can always talk on money in this church without a beef because we've got so many wonderful givers. Now, there's a bunch of you that are just like fools when it comes to money. You don't give. Uh, you squander. And uh, you just don't have God's blessing because you don't honor him because you're smarter than him. And you spend everything on yourself or foolishly, however that goes. But he says to this man, use your resources to honor God first. Propagate the name of God and his care and you will be blessed. You will be blessed. And I met so many blessed people who never went to college and never uh, did own a calculator, but they just honored God. God came first. You know, I, I talked to some of you. Have you started tithing yet? See, I settled that when I was 15. You don't have to be spiritually deep to figure it out. The moment you just settle that, the moment you'll have peace and the war about it will be over. You just have peace. And just watch what God does with the 90% when you put him first. But some of you, you don't trust God. You don't don't think you can give to God without, this is my biggest risk. No, your biggest risk is mutual funds and trust the United States government. Don't talk about my country. Well, uh, we're, it's our, my country too, and we're going broke. Welcome. You've never lost anything you've given to God. Can't. I haven't, I haven't noticed you stopped breathing. Where'd you get that breath? How much you pay a rent a month on breath? What did you pay this month for your heartbeat? Well, I just make it beat. Just try it sometime. God doesn't want it beat. It won't beat. Some of you are still employed. Is it because you're so much better than those who lost their jobs? Well, you better keep God as your partner. Some of our brothers need work. Uh, They're struggling to keep homes afloat. Uh, This money is a trust character builder. God is testing you with a little called money. And if he can trust you with that... He said, I'll entrust true riches to you, which I understand the influence on people for eternity. But you've got to pass. The folks that never pass the money test, God never promotes them to have people influence. No, they're over here dying over monopoly money. It's all going to be nothing when you die. Every man is leaving his money. He's going to either leave it by death or it's going to sprout wings and leave him. One way or the other, you're going to be parted. You better use it while you have it for the glory of God over and over. So what does the Bible say? What's a a godly man's way? Give to the Lord. Stay out of debt. Uh, If you really want to be honest, you know, I just gave up our Macy's card. I just wept as we cut it up. 29% interest. 29%. But they they love our business. Come. They send out these gift cards every other week. Come in. We'll take off 10%. Why, God, you're still then just charging me 19. 
and you bought it for five bucks and you're going to sell it to me for 40. But this is American capitalism and that's the way we keep the economy going. Well, keep it going on somebody besides Mr. Sapp. <laughs> Stay out of debt. What are you doing with a bunch of credit cards you don't pay off? Oh, flee it. Flee the debt. Proverbs 6. Flee it. Flee it. Flee it like immorality. Don't let other men control all your resources. Keep them free to honor God, pay off debt, save something like the ant there in Proverbs 6. There's no Bible against saving and being prudent in finance. We don't have to give it all away. He said the ant did save for a hard time. So why don't you think about this here? Live wisely. Don't be stupid. Don't let other men own all the money that God gives you. Flee debt as much as possible. Uh, This is rather practical, huh? You're probably waiting for me to get to the cross. Don't worry. We'll start 1 Corinthians. Um, I think fifthly, and then we've got just two more, this and one more, self-control. When you read uh, Proverbs, he's dealing with self-control all over the place. Uh, Don't be drunk. Don't be a glutton. Uh, don't be into foolish behavior, anger, control your temper. It's all self-control issues. Uh, our country's dying under obesity, every article. And, and you know, I have to say, being a diabetic, I look at some of you, I said, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. You, you drink sugar by the cup full. You drink all these Cokes with all that sugar, eight teaspoons full of sugar in one Coke. Where did I learn that? At the diabetic clinic at Kaiser Vallejo. And I said, but my grandchildren love them, and they're going to get it. Because we're a country that doesn't practice prevention. We just want a prescription. I'll go ahead and get the disease, and then give me a prescription. So I shoot insulin twice a day, and I take metamorphin, and I got to walk, and I got to watch everything I eat. And I see people uh, abusing the temple of God. They don't, they're not taking care of I, I have no uh, reason to have diabetes. I think a lack of exercise and the stress of pastoring you has been the thing. So you, you brought it on. A lot of times I, I wouldn't exercise because I had so many uh, back problems that to exercise, you got to burn it off. And so we're a country that sits, we talk about exercise, and we eat a bag of chips while we watch the Super Bowl. And now, why? You're the temple of God. You're the, you're, you're the only, uh, your body is the only tool he's got in you. Take care of it. Don't be a drunk. Don't be a glutton. Don't be given to anger. That's hard on blood pressure. That's hard on a lot of things. And Proverbs t- uh, deals with this. Stay away. Don't, don't uh, eat yourself to death. You ought to read about men uh, who studied. Jonathan Edwards was one. Always watch what he ate because he studied 14 hours a day. But you know what else he did? He cut wood for an hour a day. That was his exercise program. And of course, in New England in 1700s, you had to cut your own wood to stay alive. But he did it an hour a day that kept him in shape. I've been terrible about exercise. I always say pain was the reason, but I still paid the price. Exercise, watch your diet, 
Take care of the temple. God may want to use you another 10 years. And we want you to visit people in the hospital. We don't want you to be in it. Finally, time. Ephesians says that, uh, that uh, redeem the time. Turn to a very remote passage with me and I close. Look at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 4. Um, How will you use time this year? Some of you will get smarter. Some of you will remain status quo. And status quo is Latin for the mess we're in. Uh, Listen to what Paul is in prison. This is his last letter. He's going to be beheaded for the faith. And he writes to uh, Timothy over at Ephesus. And notice verse 9, chapter 4. Do your best to come to me quickly. Why? Well, Demas fell in love with this world. He's deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescent has gone to Galatia. And Titus to Dalmatia. The only one with me is my physician, Luke. Get Mark, by the way. He'll be profitable to me. I'll need him. Uh, By the way, it's getting cold in this dungeon. Would you bring my cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments? And then he goes down at the close of the letter. And he says in verse 21, Do your best to get here before winter. Let me say something. Clarence McCartney did a famous sermon on that one phrase, come before winter. Winter on the Mediterranean was dangerous. Paul knew he was caught in its gales and was shipwrecked on an island. He's writing to a young pastor over at Ephesus. You'll have to go across the Mediterranean to get to me at Rome. And what he's saying is, make haste to get to me, Timothy. I'm freezing cold. I'm writing my swan song last letter to you. I don't need you to come next year. I need you to come right now. And I would say this to you. I had this experience. What we're going to do for others, we better do before winter comes. There are people in the dungeon, people that have been abandoned by everybody in Asia Minor, great servants of God are in their winter. Old age, hard circumstances. I'm not an emailer. I check it once a month to see if there's any donations. And so I don't check too often. I'm just carrying on, but I don't check very often. At church, I hardly ever get your emails because I'm in meetings all the time I'm there. I have to have Donna many times check my email and see if there's an important message or whatever. But at home, uh, my, I, I went up to my email the other day, uh, Thursday night. So I thought I'd get honest with all my lost friendships. And so I look up there, I see 12.31.09. New Year's Eve. Dear Phil, 
I don't know that my home is going to survive. She went to divorce. We had a brutal holiday. Has me and the kids heard of her plans? And on and on and on. And I looked up there that day. Love hearing from you. Two weeks had gone by. Now I'm trying to think if I found out on New Year's Eve my wife was leaving, how quick I'd want a friend to call me. I call. He's on the verge of tears. You couldn't call me at a better time. Other events or emotion and different things going on. And I just thought, you idiot. If for no other reason I should have checked it, it would have been to come to the side of this dear brother. Sooner, quicker, not later. And I must say to you, all of us maybe be allotted 365 days this year. If God gives you that many, how many people in the Mamertine prison will you get to? How many perishing, discouraged people against the wall are waiting for you to make the trip? Come before winter, for God's word is never tomorrow, it's today. Today, you ought to become Christ's follower. Today, you ought to do the deed. Today, you ought to quit acting like a fool and get your life at the foot of the cross in Christ. Be the Lord of my life. Be the ultimate trust of my life. You're the only one that can keep me from sin, keep me out of sexual problems and immorality. Only you can guard my mouth. Only you can direct me with money. Only you can give me self-control. And only you can help me use time to invest. For if you invest time, it will pay you great dividends. If you waste it, it will leave you a pulper. You'll have nothing but calendar days marked off. But you've grown no smarter, no more like Christ. And no one will have even known you are on the planet. There are people saying to you, maybe a mom and dad you haven't wrote, a child that you're estranged from, someone you need to be reconciled to, or an aged person that just needs a touch. Winter's coming. Come quickly. Live wisely before the night comes. And we have no more time. Our Father... We pray, help us to live like wise men, redeeming the time, buying up the opportunities. Deliver us from the folly of wasting life and talking like fools and acting like fools. Let us live as wise men under the control of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. And that will conclude our time today here on Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. As we close out our broadcast, we would invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church, and we would also invite you to stop by our website and take advantage of added resource materials we've made available through this ministry. You see, as we come to you on a daily basis, it's our hope and desire that you grow in Christ, that you find yourself sustained by His grace through the teaching and preaching of His Word. 
Along those lines, we've created Truth For Today Radio, which is a website that contains a lot of other extracurricular resource materials that you can add to your relationship with Christ as you seek to grow in Him. We also have information about who we are, what we believe, and worship opportunities at Valley Bible Church, where this broadcast originates, here in Hercules. We have directions, we have service times, all of it. It's available at truthfortodayradio.org. If you would like to contact us by phone, you're welcome to do so at 855-833-9864. Again, that's 855-833-9864. As always, you're welcome to write to us. The address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. We would also ask you to prayerfully consider partnering with us, not just prayerfully, but financially as well, as this broadcast and the many resource materials available along with it are available as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. Our goal and desire is to minister to the greater Bay Area, and we can do that more and more as you link arms with us, again, financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large. And whether it's a one-time gift or monthly gift, it's all appreciated, and your prayers even more so. Reach us at truthfortodayradio.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 